Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash We're back. We're back talking about Barbie. I've missed her, it's Richard. It's the Barbie forever her. year. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Cold Popsha podcast. My name is AJ, and I'm joined as usual by Richard What's up? in another interview episode. Our second Cheering interview episode in a row, unless you count film franchise Fortnite's as individual episodes. But why would you? Off. Who listens to that? <laughs> so, yeah, we are we are back uh, talking about the personally the love of my life, uh, Barbie, Millicent Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, of course, if you're a fan of our show, you'll remember we recorded an 18-hour episode discussing the, at the time, 37 films in the Barbie franchise. And today, Richard, we have a very special guest to come and talk to us. It is Michelle book who is an animator who worked on a whole bunch of barbie movies from 2007 to 2020 i think uh yeah so you say something now (laughs) (laughs) well i mean what am i gonna say that isn't gonna be said better by michelle so i think we should just throw it over to them and uh let's let's wrap i presume you're gonna put the barbie theme song in here could do. Should I do it? If, why not? <laughs> All right, let's head on over to talk to Michelle. This is a Barbie theme song to a Barbie movie. We're going to watch them also cover Join the Dream Team. It's time to cut some Barbie and do this together. Barbie forever, Okay, everybody, we are here with Michelle Book. How are you, Michelle? Hi, I'm great. How are you guys? Yeah, pretty good. good. Thank you for joining yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. Um, this is this has been a, a long time in the works. I think I got your contact details some months ago and then we were just snowed under with other work that I that we couldn't get to you until until now. Um but very excited to talk to you because uh, for those who haven't listened to our entire uh, show before, we're we're somewhat familiar with Barbie um, <laughs> and <laughs> and the Barbie movies because we, of course, uh, <laughs> we we watched all of them and we recorded an eighteen hour episode on it. And you, Michelle, you worked on them. So what an honor it is to speak to you today. Before we begin, can you tell us what exactly do you do here? Slash, <laughs> what was your exact job description? Uh, so my exact job is I worked at the same studio for over a decade. Uh, so mm-hmm. I held a couple different positions. Um, predominantly, I was a lighting and compositing supervisor. 
but I've also worked as a lighting artist, a lead, as well as a production coordinator during my time there. That's awesome. Mm. <laughs> and full on. What exactly uh, do, does what exactly does that does a lighting um, an animation? What do you do? What's what does the job entail? Ooh, okay. Uh, do you guys know anything about? I guess I should assume that you don't know anything about how animation works in case listeners don't. Well, mm. obviously we're also experts, but for the listeners yeah, out no. there who <laughs> <laughs> uh, might not know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Animation has a, I mean, it's, it's come a long way from old school pen and paper. Uh, mm-hmm. There's for all 3d animation, there's like, first you get uh, designs, then that goes into modeling and surfacing. And there's a rigging department that puts the bones inside it for all the characters um there are all sorts of in-between departments with like simulations and animation and making sure everything like shot check or shot finaling to make sure everything's all uh to use my mom's term tickety-boo before it gets passed (laughs) yeah thanks mom uh before it gets passed over to i was in the lighting and compositing departments and uh yeah so we render everything out we make sure it's all final texture final animation final lighting like everything uh, and then compositing, I've always described it as kind of like Photoshop, but for video, where you can like do all the mm-hmm. layers and change colors of individual, like maybe Barbie's hair wasn't quite the right shade of blonde in one shot of the sequence. So I can adjust that pretty easily with the programs that we use. Nice. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, cause, cause for those that, that aren't in, in the know on animation, such as the three of us, <laughs> indisputably, um, is that, that lighting is quite, uh, lighting sort of the secret source of animation. Lighting is how something looks real or fake really is, is whether or not it's lit properly. Um, so that was, is that, a, would that, <laughs> would you say that is correct? <laughs> I am, I'm interviewing. I honestly, thank you for saying that because it, I, we've, as a department, everyone's like, felt like the unsung hero of the entire uh-huh. like industry forever so like when i um uh when i first started in the job there was it was not being taught in schools at all so wow. it was a lot of um i actually have a background in like theater lighting oh, um, wow. and so yeah so i when i first got onto the team uh in 2007 uh mm-hmm. it was predominantly like men over 30 who were like really into motorcycles and like math and tools and stuff and i'm like hey i'm an art school hippie (laughs) by our powers combined they taught me the tech stuff and i taught them artistic stuff and we kind of worked Mm. together um but then when i got into a leadership role i really made sure to hire for a diverse range because like the tools had advanced so far that you don't need to be extra technical to use them right um yeah yeah. I'm now picturing a bunch of like American bikers, like Harley drivers, like animating all the Barbie movies. <laughs> I mean, there are one or two, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what um, what, uh, you mentioned what, what were the what other programs that you used to make this? Um, so way back in the day, kind of, I, I I listened to a bunch of your podcast, and most of the ones that you complained about were used making XSI. We use XSI. <laughs> <laughs> we suddenly start sweating, and we're like, oh yeah, that's yeah um and but uh industry standard is maya um yeah yeah and then for for lighting a more recent industry standard is katana but uh for most of the movies that you see that katana was not used so nice yeah nice so the lighting specific tool you work there um what's the what can we ask what the company is called i i believe so so they've been (laughs) called um even though it's mainframe but it was called mm-hmm. rainmaker for a number of years and then back right. to that mainframe sounds... again now 
that sounds familiar from mm. from when we were doing our research. So <laughs> you worked there from 2007 till when? Uh, just last year. Oh huh. wow! So. Yeah. Would you be able to tell us the comprehensive list of all the Barbie films that you specifically worked on? I sure can. Uh, so, um, I so I spent thirteen years at the company, but I spent about eight of those years on Barbie projects specifically. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's about sixteen projects, and they are Whoa. Diamond Castle, Christmas Carol. Best. Best one. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is the best. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what a one to start on, Diamond Castle. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And I, I was like fresh out of women's college, so I was like, yes. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, yeah, so Diamond Castle, Christmas Carol, Thumbelina, Three Musketeers, Princess Charm School, Mermaid Tale 2, Princess and the Pop Star, Mariposa and the Fairy Princess, Pearl Princess, Secret Door, Princess Power, Rock and Royal, Spy Squad, Puppy Chase, Video Game Hero, and I did do some work on the streaming series Dreamhouse Adventures. Nice, nice. Uh, that, that actually is like that's such an interesting like the the full spectrum of like the animation kind of evolving as well because yeah. it is around that kind of uh, Puppy Chase era that it feels like there's a massive leap um, kind of thing. Oh, so definitely. it'd be interesting to see that from the other side i love when we interview people who have uh niche expertise like this and we say something and you see on their face them go like wow they know they really have watched all the barbie movies (laughs) like i bet nowhere else you've been interviewed about this and someone's gone like around the puppy chase area you (laughs) sort of see that that there was a big leap um That, that, that is interesting as well, because a lot of those you listed feel like they exist as part of different subcategories of Barbie movies. So it's interesting to know that people crossed over the different um, branding, I guess yeah. would be the right way to say it. Yeah, yeah. I was I was one of the people, uh, there are a handful of people who have who are still at the studio who have worked on more Barbie movies than I have, but I think I'm in like the top 10 people Hell in yeah. the right. world who have worked Hell on yeah. this kind of volume <laughs> of Barbie movies, so... I like to think that there's a leaderboard somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I know who would win. So, <laughs> can you can you then confirm or deny if all the animators were like on acid making um, Secret <laughs> Door because that movie is tripped out. <laughs> um, I wish. Uh, I, mean, I, think, I think that it's more. Um, like with animation, it all starts with the writing, and uh, actually, yeah. a lot of the songs or the concepts for the songs kind of come before we even start animating. Right. Um, so, because that's all like Mattel driven, is they want to yeah. they want to write everything, and then they hand it to us. They're perfect. They're perfect little you know baby script, and then we turn into uh, a giant animated you know DVD mm. film. Mm. Now, yes. uh, like yeah. I know you're still under contract. There's like certain things you can't talk about, but how much interaction? Do, do like you personally i guess have with the machine that is mattel like are, are you getting notes directly from mattel that kind of thing yeah definitely um so for when i was uh an artist i had almost no interaction with mattel um mm. at all but uh, when i was a supervisor or a and anyone working in production so like i i wasn't but there's producer project manager and i was a coordinator mm. you definitely talked to mattel um at least on a weekly basis, um, you know, kind of, here, here's our latest asset. And then we get notes and, you know, note machine. That's kind of pretty standard for the animation industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, uh, so are there notes like 
because obviously there'll be like broader story ones like um like at the script level and stuff like that they'd have like barbie wouldn't say this and stuff like that but like like how specific do notes get like at like the lighting kind of level pretty specific yeah Yeah. um uh it it really um there's usually we have an in-house director so all these people you've been talking about like um will lau zeke norton garen lloyd like i know them they're they're sweating again No, I'm sure if they ever found this podcast, they would like chuckle. This is great. Oh, so. <laughs> maybe you could maybe uh, <laughs> just send it their the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really just depends um, on who at Mattel is involved. Like some mm. people. Um, so uh, yeah, the reason I brought up in-house directors is like I know uh, I know that that Zeke wants a lot of depth of field in his movies. Mm. So I know that as a lighting supervisor on Zeke's films, that's what I, I kind of err on that side. Mm. Uh, and that's what I deliver. Um, similarly, people at Mattel would have specific interests, like depending on their own backgrounds, or maybe they, there's one particular uh, spunky friend character that they're like emotionally invested in. I know that they're going to be looking to see if the purple of her dress matches the same purple in every shot. So right. I need to make sure that that's consistent. So it's just kind of about um, uh, being a good for hire um, studio to mm. these clients about kind of anticipating their needs and smoothing out any issues that might come ahead of time. That's cool. Hmm. Say on an average day of work at working on Barbie, you you, you go into work, you grab your morning coffee, and you sit uh, down. Pr- presumably it. in a pink cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it was just like uh, uh, Rainmaker or mainframe branded cups, or everyone brought their own cup. Mm. This, yeah. is the, the this, this is the inside <laughs> <laughs> Um Although, although occasionally, and I really, I really did love this. Um, for a number of years, uh, Mattel would send us at the completion of every film. They would send DVDs and a doll for everyone who worked on the show. Hell yeah! That's and awesome. it was just so great. I, I had this that. pile of Barbies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've slowly given them away to you know uh, children or friends of yeah. Nice, but yeah. So, so what did what did an average day of work look like working on a Barbie film? Yeah. Uh, so, just like any other job in the animation industry, you know, show up to work every day, work on your shots, technical problem solving, collaborating with the artists in other departments. You mm-hmm. got to meet your quotas, have lunch with your work friends, or just eat at your desk if it's crunch time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the like the specific uh, the Barbie specific experiences were like singing along to the songs. Uh, <laughs> just in the middle of the workday, someone would mm. burst into song, and everyone's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." Man. I imagine that would have been quite a problem on Diamond Castle as well. So it's mm-hmm. Objectively, as, the catchy As song. I mentioned, <laughs> I, I I can't remember. I think I was the only like the only um girl on the team at the time so i'm just like singing with all these men in their 30s uh, like these barbie <laughs> were like spinning around and twirling and stuff. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so uh occasionally we would like act out a dress transformation sequence flourish which i'm sure you're you're <laughs> so much after seeing mm-hmm. so many of them mm. yep uh and uh they're and radiating an inhuman amount of positivity that's, that's beautiful. so yeah. lovely to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the positive attitude is a very on brand for Barbie. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's good to know. That Pace, not positive a... attitude changes everything. Positive, positive <laughs> attitude changes everything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's good to know people aren't grinning and bearing it because it would be so exhausting working through a bunch of Barbie movies while you're miserable. Yeah. Um, so, because animation, like, famously takes a long time. So how much work, I guess, in minutes would you get done in one day or seconds even? I don't know. Well, so What's that's the actually, right way to ask that question? <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, that question is different depending on the department you ask. Mm-hmm. Um so for departments that are like asset dependent, like design, modeling, surfacing, or rigging, mm-hmm. uh, they measure work by completed assets. Uh, right. And it would usually take several days to several weeks to complete just one character, mm. um, depending on technical challenges and client notes, how many rounds there are, you know, how fancy is the character's hair, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the animation department, they actually do measure by minutes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and animation department is kind of the more widely known part of the animation industry to people not in the industry. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, but for, for animation, like some shots are longer than others. Most animators have a weekly time quota. Um, I can't remember the average, but a shot with one character is going to be done a lot quicker than a shot with 12 yeah. characters for obvious reasons. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the, um, that makes sense. the dancing princesses. Mm. Yeah, They exactly. were taking a while. <laughs> yeah, also princesses. is... If motion capture is used on the film or not, that's a lot of body animation time that you right. might need to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if we did use motion capture, you have to take time to clean up the mocap data before you can actually apply it to the CG character. Like it's all sorts of. I thought you were gonna say like <laughs> to clean up the suit, like <laughs> so just like hosing down the suit. <laughs> no, um, when I was a coordinator, I actually went to a motion capture session, and I also went to a voice record for Diamond Castle. Ah, um, awesome. Yeah, so I really enjoyed seeing all the different behind the scenes and then predominantly for the rest of my career just sitting at a desk and like seeing, <laughs> <laughs> seeing the fruits of all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, was, what were those, um, like, how often do they actually use mocap? Was that being used like right in those early ones as well? Uh, in a bunch of the early ones, yeah. Oh. Um, our studio actually had its own mocap, mocap department uh, for yeah. a number of years um, that actually other studios in town would hire to do mocap for like video games or whatever as well. Cool. Mm. Because there's a lot of the dancing, I remember in Swan Lake, there is a dancing scene that's quite clearly uh, mocap. Or I say that because it's a very different kind of fluidity to the animation compared to the rest of the film. Yeah, so, you can. If, once yeah. you know that, you can kind of tell what's. Because yeah. I, I think for Twelve Dancing Princesses, they actually had some actors from the some ball, say famous ballet came in and did the motion capture. Hmm. That was before hmm. my time, so I only kind of know yeah, some yeah. of it. Yeah. One of those famous ballets. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it was like the Russian Ballet oh, yeah. Academy. I'm not sure. Um, Sounds right. I also, to, to jump back to the question about like what you get done in a day, yeah. um, mm-hmm. for lighting and compositing departments, uh, we measure the work by shots, but just like anything else, some shots are more complex than mm. others. How many characters? Is there a crowd? A crowd is an entirely different kind of asset than a character. Mm. How many props, you know? Um, but we also have to render the shots. So some technical aspects will drastically increase the time the shots take. Like if there's fur or refraction to calculate during the render, yeah. uh, that's just a lot more than, you know, yeah. not having those things. Because you have to basically turn on real physics in the render engine. Yeah, um, yeah. A lighting artist uh, would do between, you know, five and 40 shots in a week, depending on the shot and asset complexity, how many frames are in each shot. And those frames all need to render on the farm. That all takes time. Uh, and the quality bar for the project. So, like, a feature film will take way longer to make than a TV show, for example. Right. Yeah. Um, you, mean, you talked about assets a few times there, and we kind of, like, in in the podcast, joke about 
that oh, they've clearly just reused assets and whatnot and and there's like there's things if you go on the barbie wiki where they try to justify it they're like no that this character's playing that's so like <laughs> is that quite often that it's like you'll get the same asset or just like i'll change the hair color um, oh yeah definitely. yeah <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally uh it's a huge cost save to reduce uh, to reuse assets or parts of assets mm. um any for hire studio makes uh, anything we make belongs to the client yeah mm. and so it makes sense for them to recycle as much as they can to keep the cost down mm. yeah yeah and i mean it has it has the double the double use as well of now you've created a cool canon consistency like yeah. maybe that is the same character from that movie you know it also like it lends itself well to the Barbie universe because like there are Barbie dolls. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Way back when most of these were made, Barbies only had the one body type. Yeah. Mm. So to have you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made, a, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, just swapping mm. out the head. Like how yeah. how often is there like a new Barbie made then, or is or is she like kind of just touched up each film, or is it like there's a new Barbie made for each film? Like totally from scratch. Mm. Um, probably. I would say it depends on uh, like the direction that Mattel wants to go. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I've been on some shows where uh, sometimes we had to change it. Like when we changed from XSI to Maya, Yeah. Right. Um, n- none of the textures transferred. Like you could kind of keep the geometry, but it wasn't exactly the same. like we had a, so mm. basically it was better to start from scratch yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but also it would depend um, like uh, in, uh, Rock and Royals. I don't know if you noticed, like Barbie's face looks a bit different than the previous films. Mm. Right, scrambling through my the rolodex of the thirty seven <laughs> films yeah. in my memory to try and remember what she looks like in Rock and Royals. <laughs> yeah, it was just. I, I think. I think uh, Mattel just wanted to like take Barbie in a slightly different direction, so right. we just, you know, we respond to whatever the client asks yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Right. Nice. Cool. Um, did you have a favorite? barbie film or character to animate was there any were there any highlights oh yeah so um it's probably uh compositing and thematically um Mm -hmm. i I really liked spy squad uh because it was an action movie Mm. so it was exciting Mm. uh instead of you know singing and a lot of you know talking heads there was like backflips and showing off cool stuff and yeah so that was really exciting for me Uh, you know like laser maze and yeah (laughs) i had to figure out how to do all that stuff in comp and make it look reasonable and you Mm. know things like that um and also there's no magic in that film Mm. explicitly which i love after so many films about magic and fairies and mermaids i was (laughs) like this is a great break yeah Yeah. um yeah uh also the villain patricia is just so amazing she's like this sassy jewel thief with colorful hair and this like really perfect meh attitude Mm -hmm. you know um yeah and yeah. I had I had purple hair for like fifteen years, including <laughs> the time while I was working on this franchise. Perfect, nice. Yeah. Perfect. So any character with bright hair, I was like, oh, my my brethren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I really so both Spy Squad and Video Game Hero were mm-hmm. really technically challenging for compositing. Mm. That was really fun to troubleshoot and come up with new ways, new tools, and new ways of doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um. In terms of character, I think in the modern era, I love Skipper because she just embodies mm. my disinterested goth inner child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm I a Skipper it. in the. No, um... Skipper's the best. Skipper's the best Barbie. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> um, like yeah. conversely to that, though, are there any? Were there any things that you come in, you see on your workload? It's like, oh, I've got to do this again. I've got today. to animate Bibble. God! <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think just personal uh, least favorite character was in Puppy Chase. There was a dog called Archie. Yeah. 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 I I really did not enjoy working on that dog. Um, <laughs> there were some like technical challenges, and you know, <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> it was not a fun time. No. Kept, yeah. kept barking. Couldn't get him to sit still. Yeah. Yeah, usual dog dog on a movie problem, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, I also, um, I think I didn't like, in, in some of the mermaid films, there was a seal and a seahorse. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and they were just like, I don't know, I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I like I spent a lot of time making Barbie's eyes look really pretty, her eyes mm. and her hair, like that. Mm. that's just such a big part of the job, and then to have this like, you know, weird little seal, like, clapping for attention. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> It's funny, like I've I've pulled up my ranking of all the Barbie movies to um to jog my memory of like the ones you're bringing up. I'm like, did I like that one or not? But now I'm just like looking at the list and being like, this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> what, have, what have I done with my life? Yeah. <laughs> like thinking, hilarious. like, did I like Spice God? Well, I've ranked it eight. It's like, it, it, shut up. <laughs> it doesn't oh, matter. Dude, yeah. You're like probably about four to eight hundred people in Canada who share that sentiment (laughs) who've worked on Barbie over the years (laughs) yeah that's very good well because I mean it's good we're talking to an animator as well because I feel like of all the things we talked about on our episode the the animation certainly uh was the one maybe one of the the one things we could say was definitely a marked improvement as it went along (laughs) I think I'd probably be too scared to talk to like um what's her name the lady that wrote a bunch of Uh, Elise Allen yeah i'd be scared because we we dunked on her writing too much yeah william lau though like mm. i'd just be too starstruck <laughs> <laughs> he's also one of the nicest human beings you will ever meet so yeah that's good you'll be also amazed by how humble he is <laughs> okay 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 well, i imagine as well like people know what they're working on as well because we've 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 interviewed a few people for this podcast we usually po- focus on like sort of niche you know we're not going to get uh, like I don't know, insert name of well-known director here. So we we mm. go for like the small, the smaller sort of less less well-known people that work in the industry, and we have discovered like the movies that we don't like or or dunked on or made fun of. They're they're well aware a lot of the, mm. the time of what we're talking about. But yeah, like we interviewed one of um the writers of Rogue One and got him to settle an argument we had about American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh conrad helton just lives a few blocks from me i could call him up <laughs> please let's do it yeah let's do a, an entire run of interviews um yeah for, for i'm a, sure for, karen would probably love to do this too yeah <laughs> yeah hey, hey. <laughs> michelle if you want to give You've us some email addresses <laughs> i got the hookup <laughs> yeah uh you mentioned uh animation style mm. Um, I actually do. I, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, um, but like I heard you commenting a lot in your podcast about how the quality was not as advanced as Pixar films of the same era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah just a few times, you know. Um, yeah. So Pixar is actually, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but Pixar is really unique in the animation industry because they just have like a huge amount of funding. Right. Um, they had Apple money early yeah, yeah. on and they got bought by Disney and they get the luxury of spending a few years working on each film. They tend to invent a new tool or shader and then write a movie around that innovation. Right. 
So for example, they figured out a new way to create fur in 3D and then developed Monsters, Inc. and used it for Sully's fur. Yeah. Um, or another hair-related one, they figured out how to make really great curly hair and then they made Merida in Brave. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and Finding Nemo with all the underwater stuff as well. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, mm. so they they spend they have like an entire development like team at Pixar, and a studio like like Mainframe just doesn't have that. We're like, mm. you know, we we make stuff as needed for individual projects. We don't you know pay a bunch yeah, of coders yeah. to go have fun and make underwater look realistic. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. does does Pixar doing that then like have a trickle on effect that like a few years later exactly. it makes it easier? Yeah, it's it's like you know five years later yeah, yeah it'll yeah. get to it'll get to studios like mine yeah hmm. no yeah. Yeah, that's it's really the same thing you see with with actual, the actual stories of things as well um mm. you know like the classic example is like after star wars they made um moonraker and it was like james bond trying to do star wars and i feel totally. like watching some of the barbie movies it felt like that as well like we'd watch one and it'd be like why did they make it about this oh because guardians this of the galaxy Pixar movie yeah guardians of the galaxy had just come out yeah. and then we got the starlight adventure yeah that sort of thing yeah yeah uh one of the questions you had for me was uh if i had any insights into how the films are greenlit mm. or commissioned yeah yeah yeah, so the the earlier DVD projects were definitely driven by the toy lines. Yeah, um, we usually produce two Barbie movies a year, which were released uh, with the associated toy lines. Um, yeah. I also know that Mattel does like annual market research into like what's popular with the kids that year. Yeah, uh, and I would imagine that's a part of what helps steer the writing and project selection. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah well, it's interesting talking about because the the kind of thing we theorize on the podcast is that like. Like what you were saying about what Pixar does is that it's almost Mattel's doing that with their toys. Because there's the one right. where it's like you lift up Barbie's hand and the horse bows. And then it's like, which is insane technology. It still blows my mind. Um, and then it's like, oh, well, let's write a film around a horse that bows when Barbie yeah, lifts her hand. It, yeah. I, I don't know if that's, if that's uh, definitely happening. But mm. I mean, for sure, you know, you get the technology to... When you put warm water on something, it changes color. Let's make a mermaid with a color-changing tail. Yeah. You know. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy stuff. I remember mm. seeing so many toys when I was a little kid that changed color when you put water on them. Yeah, <laughs> must it, have been like a revolutionizing technology. It's so funny being able to pinpoint, like watching the movies, being able to pinpoint when that technology must have been invented because it's <laughs> suddenly in every film that like water yeah. changes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm. Um, were you a Barbie fan before joining <laughs> the crew? Not really, no. Um, no. I, I'm a non-binary person, so I never really identified with like hyperfem styling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a lot of older femme blonde cousins. Mm. Um, <laughs> Same. I, yeah, I, I come from, um, my, my family's from Denmark, so I have like literal Scandinavian wow. Danish. <laughs> literal literal Barbies, yeah, yeah. Yeah, literal, literally all my cousins are Barbies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had, a, I had literally a bucket of hand-me-down Barbie dolls. Mm. Some of their hair had been chopped off. <laughs> Some of their bodies were drawn on with markers. Their clothes had been modified by the other children before me. Like, I don't think I got a lot of brand new Barbies, uh, mm. but I do remember absolutely being in love with gymnast Barbie because she had fully articulated joints. 
uh, and it was just like a huge technical technological advancement to my little child nice. brain. That's that's really beautiful considering you became an animator for Barbie, like the the one that was all about how it was rigged and how each yeah. each limb could gesticulate uniquely. That's yeah. such an animator thing. That's really yeah. cool. That's such yeah, a great when I was anecdote. Playing as a child, I had her lit beautifully, you know. So. Mm. Yeah. No, um, I, love that. I do I, I should ask though, if you don't mind me asking, what year were you born? Uh eighty four. One moment. <laughs> yeah, I think I am I the oldest guest on your on this whole Barbie series. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. I, I don't think, think I, I've I think seen so. um, the Barbie back this far, but um, okay. So let's see if you've got one or two. Um, AJ, do you want to explain what I'm doing? Sorry, oh, yeah. I- so <laughs> you, you probably know Michelle that on the on the Barbie episode, we would ask all the guests we had on what year they were born, and we could see what Barbie looked like the year they were born and that was sort of like a, a, a alternative to like your horoscope like your spirit <laughs> animal your spirit barbie if you will uh so um okay so 1984 is like is like the sequel to the 1983 barbie so 1983 had dream date barbie but then in 1984 you had um a tuxedoed ken um Ooh, and yeah. uh so yeah but then it's like i think it's yeah so dream date barbie and ken 1984 well and that's sexy as hell <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah there, there you, you go, go. Now, now i know yeah does that <laughs> does that reflect uh <laughs> your life in, in a horoscope uh sort of way <laughs> I mean, as a non-binary person, yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. You literally have a, a, a yeah. set of Barbie and Ken. That's great. Yeah, it's it's the Barbie in, in the spiffy suit. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could you could take Ken's tuxedo and put it on Barbie. And, and I did. Barbie. There you go. Yeah. That's beautiful. This is such a beautiful realization. <laughs> uh, better than our like um, a cab Barbie. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah this one's a fab barbie mm. hey come on there you hey, go. <laughs> that's great um uh what what questions haven't we asked um, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious to know so if you what's what immediately comes to mind if i were to ask you what was the best day you ever had working at this company I think the best day was actually on a non-Barbie project, but mm-hmm. I assume you're asking for... <laughs> no, I, what was the project? No, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'd love to hear, by the way. Um, so I was working on um, uh, Spy Kids, which was a Weinstein Company mm. uh, project. Uh-oh. <laughs> we actually also have covered Spy yeah. Kids on this podcast. Well, so. <laughs> did you watch the animated series? Uh, no. no, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah, I was uh, one of the lighting supervisors on that. Mm, um, cool. And that was that was an exceptionally smooth project. Uh, mm. We had a, we had a lot of like necessary technological advances during that time. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, there was um, after the whole Weinstein like scandal happened. Yeah, after that <laughs> happened, they were like scrambling to edit things mm. uh, in the show just to try to make it like less and less offensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was in the so, Spy yeah. Kids TV series? Weinstein <laughs> was a main character. I mean, Wein- yeah. Wein- Weinstein was in the My Scene Goes to Hollywood movie. So, mm. 
there you go. There is a Barbie connection. So we had a, there's a, in the season two, there's an episode where one of the characters goes to a plastic surgery clinic, which is like super dark. And I don't know why that was in a kid's show. Um, Yeah. But basically there was like, like the villain wants to have this like really muscly, like muscle beach kind of, you know, old school Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of body. Hmm. Um, And the initial draft of that he just sort of was wearing this like little speedo and so when this Weinstein stuff happened they were like we have to put more clothes on him so I spent several days just like drawing more clothes on him <laughs> and, like, revising for notes and, and I'm like this is I love this this is my favorite two or three days ever because mm. I'm getting paid to like paint a little crop top on this guy <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's, that's a, awesome yeah, that's um, are you able to share with us like yeah, some more of the projects you've worked on uh yeah I am um, a long time ago, I worked on the Ghostbusters video game cinematics. Oh, nice. um, I've done the, the Spy Kids TV show. Uh, more recently, I was on uh, Madagascar, A Little Wild. Um, I also, there's a, uh, there's a Ratchet and Clank uh, single episode that is now released in Canada. Uh, it's called Ratchet and Clank Life of Pi. Um, I was reading about this recently. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's that's some of my work. So oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that I think I think that like Ratchet and Clank stuff was super cool because um, it's like space battle and you know a little robot. Yeah, <laughs> a little robot in a space battle. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's cool. That's I actually I like when me and my flatmates have been playing the. The Ratchet and Clank game that was like made for the 2016 film, nice. and I was looking up Ratchet and Clank stuff, and no, I was what? Do you know what an iceberg is in terms of like, like the iceberg? <laughs> not in terms like of I know you know format. what an iceberg is, but but like like the the Ratchet and Clank iceberg where it like goes deeper and tells you all the like the secrets and inside jokes that get deeper and deeper the further down the iceberg. I've not heard this, but I love it. So one of them, I think, was Life of Pi, um, yeah. and like that, like it was somewhere in the, in the iceberg. And the, the video I was watching was like, this is this this little short film that was released in some places, but not in others. I was not expecting to get an answer to this mystery on the the Barbie interview. I was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I've also worked on like Surfs Up Two and Open Wave Season Mania. Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not take penguins and surfing and wrestling? Yeah, shove yeah. them all together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've oh actually God, just did discussed you, did this you recently speak as to well. WWE. <laughs> no, I, I was not. I was not a supervisor on that project, but yeah. I would assume that some of them would have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just an artist on that show. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. This is great. This is, this is genuinely like satiating so much curiosity. There, um, what were there any so so sort of spinning it back around to like uh, great memories working on Barbie? Is there anything that that comes to mind within Barbie that you'd like to share? Yeah, um, it's it's pretty heartwarming that Mattel often works with the Make a Wish Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to disclose any details because I'm not sure what's public domain at the moment, but. Needless to say, it's always awesome to see the kids get so excited to be involved with Barbie. Like, oh, Barbie yeah. is legit several children's favorite celebrity. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they, Mattel does a lot of cool stuff with outreach with these kids. So, 
That's great. great. And, and that was a big discovery for us was like as controversial as Barbie has been over the years, it was cool to discover like like legitimate attempts are being made to to make the world better, essentially. You exactly. Know? So mm. that's really cool. Um, nice. I also have a hilarious fun fact uh, about us. a different film. Love fun facts. So uh, <laughs> this is a fun fact about Video Game Hero. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, we got a request from Germany, the country, almost a year after we had wrapped the project. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, German TV laws require that you remove all logos from the actual program content. Right. Uh, so we ended up removing the Just Dance logo from all of the shots <laughs> in the in like the final dance battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were technical problems, so we had to because we had to unarchive the files because it had yeah, been a yeah. while. Um, which takes about a week or two to actually get all the little bits and pieces you need. Wow. That uh, sounds so like didn't... a nightmare, unarchiving. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've yet oh, yeah. to experience anything where I've had to unarchive something, but I'm terrified of it one day happening. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's quite harrowing. Um, yeah, yeah. And especially for our like for compositing, you have so many like you need mm. each of the layers oh, input, and like and maybe there's a matte painting that needs to come into. You know, like I have to go find each, like send the exact file path to the tech guys, who then will find the thing, specific file and unearth it for mm. me. That's why it takes a week or two to make sure you have all the little bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we didn't have enough time to unarchive every shot we needed before the deadline. So we ended up just covering the logo up with like a little dancing hot dog sticker. <laughs> <laughs> and Germany was happy. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a comedic high for my career. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever see a German release, a German TV release of uh, video game hero you can look for that imagine if i ever saw that and i <laughs> i noticed that before without you telling me yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah. awesome um, so, so just like on that kind of having an archive and and do more on like a, a day-to-day basis what's the like actual hardest part of the job hmm so the animation industry up in Vancouver is not unionized. Right. Um, so there's always tension between like what deliverables have been promised to the clients on the contractual timeline and at a set cost mm. versus having enough artists to cover all that work on the short timeline. Yeah, yeah. And like art- mm. artists with the skills to do it in that amount of time. Because we can always find new people, but finding experienced people to train the younger people, it, you don't really have time to train and do the work. Yeah. It's it's sort yeah. of an either or. So that's forever this difficult balance. Um, yeah, experienced artists can usually do way more work, but we're also older and have reached the giving fewer fucks stage of life, <laughs> shall we say? Know it all too well. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like we don't want to work the long hours. People have families we want to see. Um, so often we just sort of age out of the industry, right. um, much like I've just done. That's why I left. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was gonna follow that up with um, yeah, well, like, what are you doing these days? Uh, so I've actually just um, gone gone to school for uh, project management, and then now I'm working at a tech company. Um, yeah, so now I'm learning about the wonderful world of product management, and yeah. uh, it's very similar to making cartoons, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> making like bespoke web apps for companies. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's all tech in the end, isn't it? Yeah, like, even yeah, I, you know, 
yeah, like I, in lighting, I had to, um, I had to deal with every, all the upstream problems and know who to talk to, to fix everything. And I needed to understand like how data moved onto the render farm, got processed and moved off. Yeah, and yeah. all of that has parallels in the tech industry now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I've, yeah, I um, studied broadcasting and have exclusively worked in like marketing slash education since graduating. And it's, I, I use the same stuff I learned. So, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it's funny how crossover like that can, can happen, I guess. Yeah. 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 It's all like, it, for me, it's like data management and mm. also just having, having a client have a very strong opinion about like, a small visual mm. minutia like <laughs> yeah you know and i'm like well, great i know how to you know surface with a smile this kind of process mm. so yeah. great again yeah. pace. Mm. pace positive pace. attitude changes everything pace yeah. yeah everyone would do that around the studio like pace. <laughs> <laughs> sailor moon style salute you know <laughs> yeah mm. Um, sweet. Well, yeah, I think, um, unless there's, there's anything else, uh, you would like to add. Um, I think that that's, um, just about us. Yeah. I think the only question was environment in the workplace. Yes. Um, what was that like? Yeah. It, it was a really great work environment. Like everyone was super friendly and passionate about what we were doing. Even if, even if people didn't love Barbie, they loved animation. So mm. it's like, you could really, you know, get a fire going and you could learn how to, I'm going to make the best damn sparkle you've yeah, ever yeah. seen. <laughs> you know? um, and I only met, there was, there was one girl I worked with who was just like this diehard Barbie fan prior to working on the project. <laughs> and honestly, having her around impact, improve morale for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like her positive energy was contagious. So like, I just absolutely loved having her on my teams mm. and uh, we're still friends. So. Oh, that's good. I thought you were going to say like, cause you said she was a fan before she started working on them. I thought it was going to be like, and she was just beaten down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she showed up to the interview in a, in a, t-shirt that had barbie on it and it said on wednesdays we wear pink yeah, and it was right? a wednesday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was like, we're, okay this is all i need to see <laughs> i mean because that that does ring so true though that like i think i think for people outside of filmmaking or whatever industry you could loosely categorize all three of us into um <laughs> like people people probably imagine it's very like grin and bear it very like getting the job done but like having worked on projects i wasn't necessarily passionate about beforehand you do kind of embrace and welcome any excuse to be happy about it and to be totally. motivated about it i imagine that would be what so much of not just animating barbie but animating everything would be like yeah and and uh you know definitely and people you could find joy in anything you're you do if you're passionate about kind of the yeah. genre that you're in yeah. um i definitely wouldn't count usually some men who were just like i hate barbies stupid and like <laughs> I, I had seen their work on other projects and i'm like you're so good as an artist mm. how like how is this not translating here and then like I'd have to like have a one-on-one -on -one with them and talk to, to them about it. Just wow. be like, I totally understand that this isn't your thing. So really like think about, do you want to be here or do you want to be on something else that you are going to enjoy better? Because honestly, you're going to make better work if you do that. So mm. either like, just you know what do you want to do let's strike a balance you know mm. so. i love That's that good. that means there is there is some 
there are probably multiple men in the world who have had life crises where Barbie is at the center of it, and they're like, "What am I doing? Do I want? To, do I really want to make Barbie? Like, that's yeah. such a funny. I'd love to. I'd love to like see that biopic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on uh, on Secret Door. Mm. Um, oh, I love the, the secret door behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, there was a, a unicorn with like rainbow hair, mm-hmm. and that that was the first character we were trying out a new hair system with. <laughs> yeah, um, and I I think I was a lead on that show, so I was one of the more technical people in my department, and so I had a hundred percent of the unicorn shots, and I had to like normally lighting doesn't have to hand move things, but mm. because it was a new system for us, I had to like. Like this unicorn rainbow mane was like the bane of my existence for a few months. And I just, I got home and I was so beat down the end of the day. And I'm like, a rainbow unicorn yeah, yeah. has done this to me. I, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to have some ice cream and laugh about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? no, that, that's like the, the sentence, a rainbow unicorn mane is the bane of my existence is exactly the soundbite I wanted to get out of interviewing someone who worked on Barbie. <laughs> that's such You're a welcome. Barbie thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a rainbow unicorn. That's perfect. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, hey, thank you so much for talking with us, Michelle. This was enlightening and wonderful and <laughs> such a great experience. And I hope you had fun as well. Um, is there anything, obviously you've mentioned what you're doing now, but is there anything you would like to direct people's attention toward or plug or anything like that? Um, honestly, probably support for unionizing the animation industry in yeah. every city of the world. <laughs> Absolutely, I can understand Yeah. This. yeah. That's... There is one studio in Vancouver that is now unionized, uh, but they're predominantly 2D. Um, right. mm. And yeah, I just want that to spread because I think it would be a much nicer place um, if everyone was like taken care of a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Um, and as, as something yeah. as crushing as animation, to not have a union for that is like... Yeah. yeah. They do have a union in LA, but they don't have up in Vancouver. Yeah. See, yeah. everyone else always just goes, check out my Instagram. Um, you're trying to make the world a better place. And... Um, <laughs> And that's what we respect about you. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. This is a Barbie theme, so to a Barbie movie. We're gonna watch them also come and join the dream team. It's time to call some pop trip and do this together. Barbie forever, yeah. All right, so that was uh, our conversation with Michelle. Thank you once again, Michelle, to coming on the show. They're not here right now. So Thank you to coming on the show. <laughs> I don't know. I'm nervous. <laughs> what, you're um, just talking if, to me. <laughs> We've got to do a post credit scene shortly. I'm nervous. <laughs> if you liked this show if you like this podcast then please consider subscribing to it on all the different places we are on facebook instagram twitter youtube there are two youtube channels one is called cold popsha one is called cold popsha again uh where we post the podcast um and you can subscribe to all those places you can join the discord there's a link in the show notes you can donate to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash and richard you can also keep listening please because as soon as this music stops we're going to jump straight into a post credit scene um so yeah and stay tuned next week what are we doing next week on the show richard uh it'll be oh it'll jumanji. be jumanji, we're doing yeah, jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned for that
All right, and welcome along <laughs> to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about. And this, this, the post credit scene. Richard, who's it from and what is it this week? Alrighty, um, today's question slash comment comes to us from Ben Close. Hi, Ben. Um, hey, Ben. Uh, there's, there's quite a long comment, but um, so, so sticker, uh, strap in. That's strap in. Yes, thank you. Stick in. Um, hey, culty P, long time no cue. Today, I'd like to ask you about the movie Vertigo. A, when is the last time you watched it? B, what were your first impressions? C, what do you think of it now? Or do you need to rewatch it to answer that? Um, Ben has gone in depth with his thoughts. Um on vertigo tell me that um well uh i think we, we, we can answer them and then we can say what ben thought and then we can respond okay. to that um so to answer the question when is the last time you watched it uh only a few months ago we covered it for our cult classics um yes the cult popshire movie club yeah was the first time i'd seen the film as well yeah and second time i'd seen it and um yeah so and like you can actually go watch our on cult popshire again our um mm. a, about an hour long discussion on the film vertigo if you want mm. more kind of in-depth thoughts um but yeah to go on what were your first impressions and what do you think of it now so i watched it for the first time when i was at broadcasting school so it's maybe like eight or nine years ago um fuck it's a long time um, don't think about it don't think about it Just <laughs> oh, <keep God>. it. <laughs> um and uh i i didn't really like it i i thought you know like it's weird that they that they all of a sudden just decide because i quite like citizen kane and vertigo famously um dethroned citizen kane they just one year were like no actually vertigo is the best movie of all time and i think going into it with that mindset doesn't help it um but Mm. i think there is a lot wrong with it it's not the strongest hitchcock's film i've seen it's not the strongest film i've ever seen um and watching it again i felt mostly the same way i'm still not super wowed by it i still have issues with it um and what about you aj uh, I haven't thought about it once since watching it, even having read this question in advance. Mm. Spoilers. Sorry to break the magic for you. I didn't even then think, what did I think of Vertigo? I think I liked it. Mm. I don't really have any strong feelings towards it. You'll have to go it. back and watch it to, to remember yeah, what you thought exactly. of it. Um, but Ben goes on to say, I fucking hate Vertigo. I have not hated a movie <laughs> this passionately since Avengers Endgame. I kid. A bad end game, not Vertigo. I really seriously, I hate the story of Vertigo and I have an incredibly hard time understanding why people enjoy watching it. Um, it just in, in, yeah, I like you're more than welcome. He does go into spoilers, so you can just end the episode now. And, but if you, if you don't mind, um, uh, Vertigo spoilers, listen to the last minute of the episode. Um, so he says, you cannot say this part on air if you care about spoilers. I hate the first half of the movie because it's a story of a man struggling with suicide who goes through with it um i just like this a woman sorry of a woman struggling with suicide who goes through with it i just like this because although i understand it happens in real life i pe- i personally really don't like seeing people uh lose to suicide it is not something i deal with emotionally i know that's a me thing but i personally believe films are better when they offer hope there's a delicate balance between not being cheesy and offering genuine hope i understand it's not easy but striking that balance would make a great film in my view and then i hate the second half because it's about an emotionally abusive man with an unhealthy obsession actively manipulating a woman and changing everything about herself and she just goes along with it because love 
Hitchcock had a chance to turn it around and make the twist actually mean something by having the woman stand up for herself and tell the man that he needs to love her for who she is. But I think Hitchcock's Hitchcock just likes making a twist for the sake of it and playing with taboo subjects because at the time it got people interested. But in my view, he does not know enough to handle the subjects with the care they need. I'm sure you don't need to hear more, but if you want more explanation, here is a post where I basically say the same thing with more words https uh, colon <laughs> slash slash reddit.com slash r slash i watched an old movie slash comments slash nold 40 slash i underscore watched underscore vertigo underscore 1958 underscore and uh, underscore i underscore fucking underscore hated it underscore it backslash and if you're sick okay. of un- hearing my unpopular opinions, here's a sick prank video that I dare you not to laugh at. HTTPS colon backslash backslash U2.be slash uh, lowercase L, lowercase F, lowercase H, capital M, capital I, capital L, lowercase E, 8, capital C, 8-4. Thank you, Ben. Well, then. i agree with a lot of what ben is saying in terms of what's wrong with it yeah i think i think it it gets a lot of its prestige from being from a time when movies probably rarely dealt with such Mm, like like serious subject matter um and i think a lot of people probably really dig how dark it is and how morally ambiguous the main character is um but no i I can't say i disagree Uh, uh, yeah i i really agree with especially the criticism of the second half it's like oh, okay this uh, protagonist like it, it is interesting seeing jimmy stewart like a famously wholesome kind of actor mm. like plays a character that you it turns into such a villain and by the end of it i think you're supposed to be like well but it's jimmy stewart but like fuck he's actually been pretty evil and um yeah and and then the ending is just like it just fucking ends and i i, do, I really didn't like the ending um but yeah uh also, the prank video, I, I'm sure you would have seen it. It's its kind of gone, gone viral now, like in between the time when Ben sent us this and now, but it's the prank video of Dominic Monaghan interviewing Elijah Wood about if he's going to wear wigs. Someone mentioned this on a TikTok live stream I was doing last night, and I had no idea what they meant. And then they, so clearly I didn't click the message from Ben, but then... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it is, it is very funny. It Thank is you. funny. So Google uh, prank interview with Elijah Wood. Um, yeah, so. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for the prank. This has gone on too long. Thank you, Ben, and we'll see you guys next week for Jumanji. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 